Hey guys, I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, I've gotten a lot of requests about narcissists, narcissism, like how to deal with one, how to heal from one. Um, if you haven't already listened to my all about narcissism episode, which is all me speaking about it, doing my own research, speaking to a few doctors and reading a, a lot into it. But today um, I have a real expert, empowerment expert talking about it and her new book. So uh, stay tuned. It's it's a big one. Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Dr. Tracy. Dr. Tracy is a narcissistic trauma expert. Uh, I have gotten so many questions, requests to keep going into narcissistic trauma, and I brought on an expert. She has written a book called The Narctionary. It's a groundbreaking book that helps many women begin the journey back to themselves. It has over 350 words and terms and makes recovery easy by identifying them as an abuse, trauma, or recovery. It has a self-assessment test for those who don't know if they're experiencing abuse. She says that narcissistic trauma is an emotional pandemic, and she's here to free women from the hold that the blurry world of narcissistic abuse has over them. So Dr. Tracy Campbell is here to talk about her book and her own experiences with narcissistic trauma and how uh, CPTSD and PTSD are different and her journey to becoming a self-love recovery coach. Is there a a nice narcissist? Are there different types of narcissists? This episode will go deep into narcissism. So here is Dr. Tracy. Tell us, you've just written a new book, it's called Narctionary, and you also had your first book called The Courage to Say No More. So what was the inspiration behind your new book? So I have been in the the world of recovery and transformation for almost 30 years now, and I run uh, um, a program twice a week, it's called Reclaiming Me, and so I'm on the front lines every single day. And the inspiration from this book actually didn't come from my classes. It came from a girlfriend of mine who she found herself going through um, an, um, a broadsided divorce, let's say, which in the world of narcissism, that's called the discard, right? So what right. happened is she called me one day and she said, she said, you know, I know that you know all about this world. I'm so embarrassed. I never saw myself going through this. I didn't see it coming. And so she mm-hmm. just started asking me, she's like, what is going on? And so she says, you know, we were fine. And then one day I, I said something about they had a business together. And she said, the next thing I know, he's throwing me out like like old trash. And I go, oh, well, that's called the discard. She goes, the what? And I said, the discard, it's phase three in the narcissistic abuse cycle. The what? The narcissistic abuse cycle. It, it's a form of abuse that has actually very predictable cycles to it. And she goes, oh, my gosh. And then she started saying, you know, and as I look back, that, um, you know, it, it's like um, I was invisible. And I said, well, that's because narcissists, um, you know, have something that's identity theft, and they take your your identity and assume it themselves, and you're left without an identity. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's what? It's identity theft? What's that?" And then, you know, she said, you know, talking about something with their their conversations, and she said, "We began trying to discuss these things, and the next thing you know, I was I was so confused about what we were even talking about." And I said, "Oh, that's because he probably dished you out a word salad." 
And she goes, a what? And I said, a word salad. And so what happened through this conversation is she says to me, I wish that you would write a book so we newbies could just grab a hold of these, these things that never had a name and put a name to them as quickly as possible. And I think we'd be able to get through our healing much better. So all I did uh-huh. was I went to where my phone, where I keep documents because I'm a writer and blah, blah, blah. And I had started years and years and years ago, literally, and I had alphabetized it and everything. Anytime that I would come across something in narcissistic abuse recovery, because I was um, victimized by the narcissist throughout my life, that I would mm-hmm. write it down and I would find the definition. And so when she said that, I literally opened up this document, imported it in, and spent eight weeks um, making it even better. And that was the birth of the narcissary. Amazing. And for people who don't know what narcissism or narcissists are, can you give us a little bit of a backstory on what they are? So narcissism, that's a really good question. And give me just a second to answer this without being too wordy. So all of us have something that's called healthy narcissism. And healthy narcissism helps us keep the good in and the bad out. It's what allows us to say, hey, uh uh-uh, not on me, not today. The thing about narcissism is narcissism is a personality disorder, but it is a spectrum disorder, which means that it goes like the colors of the rainbow from left to right and everything in between. In the middle Mm. is a healthy narcissism. As it it goes on up the scale, it then goes into narcissistic characteristics. As it goes on up to the scale, it then goes into NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. As it goes on up the scale, it then merges into antisocial personality disorder, which is sociopath, psychopath. These are people we just want to stay away from. The amazing thing, though, is that the opposite side of that spectrum is a condition that, that only recently have they been able to identify or diagnose, and it's called self-love deficiency disorder. And so the reason so many good-hearted people find themselves the narcissist is that we're all just on the trauma spectrum, but one is manifesting it on one side and the other's manifesting on the other. Mm, interesting. And is there such thing as nice narcissists? Or is that someone who's like just super charming and we look at that as being nice? No, there's actually, you know, we, we associate so much with, with the negative narcissist. And the reason that I call it the negative is that they don't, they don't have empathy. They, they lack empathy or if they give you any type of attention that it's, it's really with an intention back to themselves for them, for them to feel good about themselves, for them to get the accolades of the actions that they've done. But I actually have uh, someone in my life who is a very, very, very nice narcissist, not a name caller, not a game player, nothing of that nature, but all subjects lead back to self. And mm-hmm. there's just no space for anyone but that person and yeah, he would never harm a soul he's actually quite philanthropic and things of that nature but there's only so much depth that you can have within it but those are very few and far between wow and what is the main goal of a narcissist nice or just regular i guess so the best way to describe that is a narcissist is like a cell phone battery that they Mm -hmm. require constant attention or what is known in the industry as constant fuel sourcing. 
And the goal of a narcissist is they have just such a huge gaping hole in their soul that they require constant attention, good or bad. In the beginning, they love the praise, but that's why suddenly they can flip on you and they get high off of your, you know, they used to get high off of your accolades. Now they get high off of your tears. So they are just looking for constant fuel because they feel that if they don't get that fuel, that they will literally evaporate. Mm. And is being a narcissist genetic, can it run in families? It would only run in families by programming. So mm. it's very common, yeah. So no children get out unscathed in a narcissistic family unit. But if there is yeah. a, a parent or one or two parents that are narcissists, that uh, you know, a child might end up as a scapegoat child, as the invisible child, as the the next generation of the narcissist. So no child gets out unscathed. Wow. And first, let's say I'm gonna just give like a scenario. Let's say if there's somebody who's been in a long-term relationship with a narcissist and they want to stay in it. What are some tips for them to live with this narcissist if they choose to stay in it? Oh my goodness. Well, I, you're leading me right into my next workshop. I'm, I'm leading a, a workshop um, and it's a free workshop and it's called, So You Think Your Boss is a Narcissist. And the reason that I chose boss is because mm -hmm. nine out of 10 times we need to stay in the job that we're in for financial reasons. Now we, I, in this program that I run, we never tell somebody to stay or leave a relationship. It is none right. of our business, but we fully equip the women who choose to stay, either stay because they have to stay, stay because of economics, stay because they're still so broken down, they can't leave, stay because they're afraid to leave, whatever, whatever the reason is, it doesn't matter. Right. Stay because they feel like they still love, there's still hope, all the many, many reasons why we stay. So, right. Um, I, I teach women on if you're going to stay with a narcissist, you have to have your eyes wide open. You have to be in recovery. You mm -hmm. have to learn every word in the narcissary because you're dealing with somebody who has a condition. And this condition is, um, it's not curable. And right. so you will forever be with the dragon who blows fire. Now, if that person mm. is doing their work, maybe they'll get better, but they will have their fire episodes. And so, therefore, if you choose to stay, you have to put on your fire suit. And uh, a fire suit is, uh, you know, a eyes wide open, eyes wide open, understand that you will never be in a relationship where you can live unguarded because the second that you live unguarded, a narcissist mm -hmm. detects that you're vulnerable and they can easily get fuel. So you always right. have to have your your guard up. Uh, the second thing is you need to be really educated about what mm -hmm. they're doing. And so when they they begin to like woodpecker you, that's one of the words in my book, when they begin to woodpecker you. And the woodpecker is just when they repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat with that goal of breaking you down to get their way. Mm. That rather than have your brain feel like it's going to explode and go crazy, you instead are able to look at the narcissist and say, okay, you're woodpeckering me. Please stop. I've given you my answer and let's revisit this later or something of that nature. So you have to be educated 
on the dynamics that you're living with. Uh, the the third thing is you have to make sure that you protect your children because if you choose to stay in this environment, I'm not saying sacrifice yourself like you have been doing to protect your children from the flare-up of the narcissist. You have to educate your children. You have to make sure that, that your children remain respecting you and right. that they see you holding your space within the relationship because if not, they're going to start abusing you as well. And again, the third thing is stay in recovery, stay in your recovery, because when you do get beat down and on occasion, the episode might be so big that, you know, until you're crying, they'll finally, you know, have their, excuse me, their emotional orgasm is what I call it. Then, then they'll, they'll finally stop and give you a reprieve. You need to be able to go to a team of people to help knit yourself back together. A hundred percent. I just love the different words you have. <laughs> Aren't they saviors in their own little right? You know, yeah, I, uh, when uh, the the reason that I, I was inspired also to write this book is that my mother raised me with this um, ideology, let's say, that she would say, you know, Tracy, when your illness doesn't have a name, it's like fighting a ghost, that you can't grab a hold of it and and hold on to it and bring it into you, love it, break it, push it out of your life if it doesn't best serve you. But when it has a name, you are able to grab a hold of it. You are able to bring it close to your life. You are able to try to shape it and mold it and heal it. Or if it doesn't best serve you, exit it from your life. And so that's what the narctionary does. It just gives name to the many ghosts of narcissism. So that those of us who are with a narcissist, rather than being swooped into the vortex of insanity, we're able to just take that space, put that little bit of space between us, take a step back and say, you know, I'm not going to take this personal, which is another thing that um, I, I needed to mention in the fire suit. You can't take anything personal that the narcissist does, because if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. So uh, yeah. that being yeah, that being said, the 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 narcissary is just about giving name to the ghost so that you can protect yourself and heal. Absolutely. And what are the signs someone is suffering from narcissistic trauma? Like being in the relationship and then like leaving that relationship. So when they're in the relationship, you'll just you'll see somebody who is in a state of hypervigilance. Um, they're always, this is one of the anxious states that the narcissist puts their, their, their target in. And when a target is in that, uh, that state of being, they're an easy fuel source. Um, you'll see them do a lot of rumination, which is, you know, if only I could have, what if I would have, and, and they'll replay things over and over and over in their mind. Why did they do that? I don't understand why they did that. And they're just ruminating over over the, what the narcissist has done because our mind is trying to make logic of the illogic. And especially if they don't know they're with a narcissist, they're not mm. able to understand how somebody that says, I love you, you, I want to marry you and have children with you, suddenly right. despises you. It just goes against what love is supposed to be. Right. Is there any, like, very specific trauma that comes from a narcissistic relationship that a lot of people don't yeah. know, maybe? 
Yes. Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, there is a very specific condition that is an aftermath of somebody who has survived a narcissistic relationship. And if you don't specifically heal from this condition, you will remain mm -hmm. within deep trauma um, oh. of the relationship. Now, we have all heard of the condition PTSD, which is post-trauma stress disorder. And for many, oh, yeah. many years, um, victims or targets of narcissistic abuse that along their recovery journey, they there there, there are two things. First off, you have to heal the condition that's called self-love deficiency disorder. And you really need to build a foundation of self-love. And the second thing is you need to heal something, not PTSD. You need to heal something called CPTSD. And that mm. little C at the, at the front of that of that um, term is the big difference between um, being able to, you know, move beyond the trauma of abuse. And the biggest the biggest um, difference is this: is that if you're in a car accident and mm -hmm. you are, you know, one year away from the car accident, and you're having anxiety and panic and debilitation and all the things that happen from a stress disorder or a stress trauma. You are, are you, able to get speaking to me. Yeah. I just happened to so I'm very like, wow, interesting. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, but this was my this was my situation. So, uh, oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, so what happens is there you are. You're in a car accident. One year in into your your trauma recovery, when mm -hmm. that that overwhelm takes over you, you are at least able to say, okay. On such and such day, this trauma wound happened to me. This is why I'm feeling it is because I I nearly faced death in this one incident. For example, I had a um, a friend of our family who was at the Las Vegas shootings, and you know her post trauma was awful. She you know she got hit by shrapnel and all that, but she's able to stop and say, okay, at this day, at this time, at this location, this and this and this happened. Well, what happens with narcissistic abuse trauma? is that we may get emotionally assaulted, not even verbally assaulted, let's just remove the verbal assaults from that, emotionally assaulted five to 25 times a day. Wow. So we, our mind is not able to take us back to the root trauma. And so there are very specific steps that you need to take to treat the complex post-trauma, the multiple shrapnel and, and bullets that we have taken as victims of narcissistic abuse and be able to knit ourselves back together. So it's a condition called CPTSD, and it's a must-have, and we we treat that in our program uh, because it is a must-have if you're going to get ahead of this thing. Mm, interesting. So you say that Self-love is the antidote to narcissistic abuse trauma. But yes. a lot of people believe that self-love or maybe too much self-love could be a form of narcissism. What do you say about that? <laughs> narcissism and self-love are two totally different things. Narcissism mm -hmm. is egoism. It's not self-love. It's 100% mm. egoism. 
Self-love is based in the root element of love. It is kind and gentle and giving and compassionate and healing and hopeful. And narcissism has none of those characteristics. It's self-serving. It is fuel sourcing off of other people. It leaves people on the floor. It's empty. It's, there, it lacks empathy. So there is no love whatsoever in narcissism. That's 100% a damaged ego. Thank you for the clarification. That was well said. So you talk about memos from Memoland. How did it get its name and exactly? So these are my memos from Normaland. And uh, my memos from Normaland, when, when I was going through recovery, I had this these little epiphanies that started to come upon me and Mm -hmm. I would be and I come from a a trauma background and so I would be going through life and I would see people respond in really healthy ways and I'm like how did they know how to say that how did they know how Mm -hmm. to set that boundary how did they where did they get the skills and so I I developed a little bit of a joke but it actually became very serious for me. And I said, you know what? I'm convinced that there's some secret memo that's getting distributed to people out there on how to do this thing called life. And I want to be on that distribution list. And so what happened is as I began my recovery, I would just jot down uh, all these different little memos from Normal Land. For example, a memo from Normal Land is, is my need is my need and your need is is your need and therefore my need is my responsibility and your need is your responsibility and this was a really big thing for me because uh, you know being a codependent being somebody who had self-love deficiency disorder I took on everybody's needs and if I didn't meet that other people's need that other person's need especially the narcissist I felt that I was doing something dramatically wrong instead of having that boundary that says, no, remember from normal land, we're all responsible for our own needs. I said, oh, God, I didn't know that. Mm. Or memo from normal land. <laughs> memo from normal land. If you feel crazy, it means that something in your life is making you crazy because crazy people don't know they're going crazy. Right. So oh when I feel crazy, <laughs> I'm like, it's not me. I'm not going crazy. It's there's something that's crazy in my life, so I need to get it fixed. So it's just my collection of memos from Normal Land. I like that. That's great. And what makes your recovery program different from other recovery programs? Because I'm sure there's a lot of, I guess, popularity with throwing the word narcissism around, narcissists around. A lot of women wonder, hey, am I with one? Am I married to one? So Am I one? (laughs) Am I one? (laughs) Good one. (laughs) That's good. Like, how can... What does your program do that others cannot? Like, what's different exactly, I guess? Okay, okay. So whenever it comes to recovery, the rule of thumb is go to that which works for you, where you find a tribe and a methodology that that is is just your vibe. That's, like, one of the most important things. As far as what happens in, in the Reclaiming Me program is when I understood that narcissism and narcissistic abuse trauma 
is a spectrum disorder. And when I was enlightened to understand that the opposite end of narcissism is this thing called mm-hmm. self-love deficiency disorder, I had an mm-hmm. epiphany one day and I said, you know, I spent all these years trying to fix narcissism and understand narcissism. What if I shifted gears and what if I just focused on healing my self-love deficiency disorder? So what I do in the program is is uh, where self-love is, narcissism cannot exist. You will simply, you cannot align yourself with it. The more that you step into this element of your authentic self, valuing the self, respecting the self, prospering the self, um, all based in this beautiful element of love. So there are six modules in the program, and it starts with the first module that's called What is This? And this is all about introducing the person to self-love. The second module is um, what happened to me. And this breaks down the um, the most common shenanigans that the narcissists do to extract fuel. Uh, the mm-hmm. next one is love and the narcissist. It's, you know, understanding why when all the warning signs say, don't go back, we run back <laughs> as fast as we can. Yeah. Um, then there's healing, the, the CPTSD, which is a super important class. Uh, then the next class after that is um, when no contact is not an option. It's a whole class on learning how, you know, if you are choosing to stay with a narcissist, how to protect yourself and protect your children. And then the one is life after narcissism. So it's, a, it's an entire year program. It takes place once a week. But every week when you come into the class, every single week that we identify this is a self-love plank. And we want to teach you the reason that you're missing that narcissism entered your life is because you don't have this self-love plank. And so when you lay down this plank in your life, the narcissist mm-hmm. techniques will no longer work on you. That's great. And, and so what do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was wondering what you think about, um, like, no contact, going no contact with narcissists. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's the ideal situation to happen, but I don't think that it's it's always possible. And so I, I don't think that there's a black and white answer. If you have the like, ability to... You don't have the ability to? Sorry, you cut off right there. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that, um, you know, I've had to cut some narcissists off in my life. And it's like mm-hmm. they they pulled their last shenanigan on me. I suddenly was able to say, you know what? No, 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 no. This is unhealthy for me. I cannot, you know, I'm allergic to narcissists. They make me physically and emotionally ill. Right? So, so I'm like, this is like, you know, if a person is, is lactose intolerant and, and somebody comes around with milk, you're without hesitation going to say, no, I cannot drink it because I don't like what happens to me. Well, I reached that point in my recovery is like, I am just allergic to, to narcissists. So there were some that they pulled their last shenanigans, made it clear what the motive is in, in who I am in their life, which is just a fuel source. I deserve more than that. Every human deserves to be more than just a fuel source. So I was able to cut it off. No contacts. Um, what if, however, that, that person is your sibling or your parent or your child or your boss. 
So, um, or, or your ex-mate that you, you have dealings with. So, yes, it's ideal. Like, you'll, you'll mm-hmm. probably heal fastest not continuing to get tased. But I don't think it's realistic in, in all situations. And that's why I have an entire module built on, you know, how to survive, how to hold on to yourself when the narcissist is still in your life. Yeah. Good answer. Great answer, I guess. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if it's what everybody wants to hear when they ask that question because, I mean, yeah, what if it is your child? What if it is your spouse? What if it is your sibling? It's very, very difficult. So, but It is, what, and, and we also have to take into consideration the huge addiction um, mm-hmm. that we have on this person and this relationship. And so even if you don't have all those connecting factors, there is a a psychological addiction. There is a a spiritual addiction. There is um, um, a a biological addiction because we live in such a state of fight or flight with them that uh, with adrenaline, we become addicted to this other person, a condition called love addiction. And that's why I have an entire uh, module (laughs) that's called Love and the Narcissist, Healing the Bruise Addiction. Because, um, you know, it would be great if we could just, I think coming off of a narcissist is probably harder than coming off of heroin. That's what some professionals have told me. Mm -hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I kind of, I I can see that actually when you think about it. Because you have, like, kind of like a soul tie to that person. Yeah, you do. Like, so much of your identity is warped and, like, combined and meshed with them. The yes. drug is just there a is, drug. Yeah, and you're 100% correct. There is a soul tie, and you need to learn how to spiritually break that soul tie. I have a really good class um, specifically on on the spiritual uh, soul tie that goes with being in a narcissistic relationship. And if you want me to tap into it really quickly, I can. Um, the long and short of that, and I'll, I'll just lightly tap into it, is that both the the I call it the the wounded empath because of, um, there are only two dynamics that a narcissistic relationship can stand and that is a narcissist with a narcissist and they just are continuing to you know live off of each other's mirrors or a narcissist and a self-deprecate i.e. somebody with self-love deficiency disorder i.e. a wounded empath and so mm-hmm. what happens is that the narcissist and the wounded empath are both on the same vibrational trauma level. Both of them have come from a trauma background. Only one learned to manifest the trauma by becoming a narcissist to survive, and the other one to not repeat the trauma became a wounded empath. And so this alignment is a spiritual alignment between two people. And in and it's really it is as entangled as it feels, and it is something that spiritually needs to be broken on the healing journey. And perhaps many um, recovery programs don't go into that deep level, but our program does. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that differentiates us. That's great. And for the other victims listening to this, abuse victims listening to this, you have basically relaunched your life and what tips do you have for them could you give some just 
you know, hope and motivation? What can you tell them right now? Well, I think the the first thing that I would tell you is um, it is so lonely sitting within a narcissistic relationship. It is so embarrassing the things that we tolerate. Um, it is, you know, when people on the outside look at us and say, like, why do you stay and you feel ashamed, you know, you know all mm-hmm. the reasons and some reasons are completely blind to you. This is all just called normal, normal trauma within a, a relationship, number one. Number two, it is completely normal to feel upside down when somebody who claims love to you ends up um, abhorring you and what you feel despising you and it, it just makes no sense. And so that right there is where the narcissist is able to keep us stuck. The third thing is you have to understand that you are probably not going to heal unless you connect and start getting new information in. And new information doesn't mean that you have to leave the narcissist because I know that that sounds super scary. It's like because, you know, when I went into my recovery in the beginning, I went to the therapist and, you know, okay, why are you here? And I said, because I feel invisible and my brain is made of mush. I had been so broken down that I couldn't even make a decision whether to leave or stay. I I didn't even know how to live without my narcissist. That's how far down I had been taken. Uh, But if if I got to that point and have rebuilt my life now... And um, then it's it's possible for for you to do it. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, everyone who comes into our classes, our guests, the very first time to just come check us out. Mention this program, and we'll give you a free pass to attend. And then after that, it's only ten dollars a class. Ah, oh, yep. Well said. So, how uh, does everyone find your program? Where can everyone find you and talk to you and see what else you're up to? So we have a, I have a website, it's drtracy.tv, D-R-T-R-A-C-Y dot T-V, and there's, uh, if you go under programs, it says Reclaiming Me, just click on that and you'll learn all sorts of information about the program, you'll see the class schedule, it's every week, every Wednesday night or every Thursday night, they're in Zoom classrooms. And um, the first time is free, and after that, you, and you can click on a link that will say um, send me a pass to attend. And after that, they're only ten dollars a week to for the class, and they're 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 healing, they're empowering, they're positive, and uh, they're on time. <laughs> so for those of you, <laughs> you don't get stuck in the abyss of of a class that goes on forever. Well, Dr. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your book. And uh, it was really helpful to listen to this. Thank you so much and good luck with Thanks for listening to this episode. I'm really, really appreciative of all your support and great messages that I get on the episode. So keep them coming. I'm always here here for feedback um and also any florida businesses that would like to advertise uh their business please uh email me or dm me to get started i could give you more info it's like a great opportunity so if you're interested in advertising your business please reach out and i will help guide you
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.